Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with our morning agenda show. And it seems like the week is flying by. Like we're already, uh, it's Wednesday now, which is crazy to think about. But the week is flying by. Um, still no sign of Urian Timber and Declan Rice. I have my fingers crossed that at least we'll get one announcement today. But I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie for this morning show. Charlie, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, the the week is flowing by already, uh, already halfway through the week. But unfortunately for you, there was no uh, Timber Tuesday, as you said yesterday. But uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see something today or or even tomorrow. I I mean, we we've spoken about it over the past few past few days, really. Like there are Arsenal fans that are saying, "Oh, come on, hurry up! You've got to have an announcement, whatever." But we already know that the deals are done. Essentially, it's just—it's literally just a confirmation. So I think everyone just needs to be a bit patient and whatever. Obviously, we can predict or whatever when it's going to happen. I know that I—I personally want it to be sooner rather than later. But hmm. there, there's no need to stress it. You just got to—it's going to happen. So there's, as I say, there's no need to stress about it. Everyone's just waiting for the confirmation. The deals are done, really, so it's it's all good. Yeah, exactly. It, patience is a virtue, people. Mm -hmm. It is a virtue. I know it, at, at times it can get a bit annoying. It can get a bit irritating, but it's just one of these things, uh, to be honest. I think I saw a tweet earlier this morning that Team News Index, um, the guru in terms of exclusives, uh, he's basically said that... Um, Arsenal were hoping to announce uh, the deal today because in an ideal world, uh, they do want Yuri and Timber and they did previously want him to play against Nuremberg uh, tomorrow. So it's an interesting one. I don't know where Timber is. He could be in Germany. He could be in London. Or he, he could still be in Ajax. Uh, you, just, you just never know. But yeah, I think I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I know my track record is not the best this week in terms of uh, announcements, but let's just give it one more shot. I'm hoping that there'll be an announcement for Timber uh, today. If there's not, if there's not, I'll hold my hands up and I'll stop doing announcements. <laughs> I'll stop doing exclusives. I'll stop basically um, giving my thoughts in terms of when announcement is going to be done because I'll say to myself, listen, Uma, you don't know what you're talking about. Just, just pipe down. But fingers crossed today will be the day. Um, Declan Rice, We'll start off with him. Um, he's been kick-starting his uh, pre-season over in Portugal. Beautiful settings, to be honest. I've seen the pictures on uh, Instagram. It's funny because when you go on Instagram and when you go on his picture, all you see in the comments is, welcome to Arsenal, welcome to Arsenal, welcome to Arsenal. See you soon, Declan. Get ready for the season. Like It is flooded with Arsenal fans um, all over the world, um, basically welcoming Declan Rice. So if Arsenal haven't officially announced him, um, I know the Arsenal fans are expecting it and they're eagerly awaiting this announcement. But yeah, Declan Rice over in Portugal, you're looking lean. He's looking very lean, to be fair. Um, I don't know what regime Mikel Arteta has got him on, but it seems to be working. Um, but he's been training over in Portugal with Rafael Liao, uh, Bruno Fernandes. Um, so yeah, he's doing the preseason work and hopefully we'll see him on the plane for the US Tour on Sunday. Yeah, fingers crossed that he will come to to the US tour with us. Obviously, with the training that he's doing, fingers crossed he will kind of be ready for that. I'm sure he will. I, I doubt there's any kind of like 
there's no doubt in the fact that he'd be ready. It's just whether Arsenal are going to take him with us um, to to the US, uh, whether there's going to be, as we said yesterday, a, a US announcement uh, of Declan Rice. That obviously will remain to be seen. And we said yesterday there could be the... It could help with the kind of like marketing side of, of the announcement for Arsenal. So that's a possibility. But yeah, it's good to see him... Uh, training uh, for the preseason, a weird mixture of, of of players. I must I must admit, I, fair enough with Fernandez and Rafael, but with Rice added to that mix, is it's quite a funny kind of like mixture of players in that. But I mean, I'm I'm going off on a tangent with that. But even so, it's just good to see that Declan Rice is kind of that he is training for the preseason. And I mean, with those comments that you were saying, I I, I don't actually. I'm not surprised because you could argue that it is the biggest signing that Arsenal have had for years and years. I mean, I know that it is the most expensive and kind of like the the, the most tension kind of like built built up in the in this kind of race for Declan Rice. We know that he's over the past few seasons he's been really like closely linked to Chelsea. But we know what they were like last season. They they didn't obviously get Europe and he wanted Champions League. City obviously had to pull out of the race because they just didn't that they couldn't compete with Arsenal in terms of getting Declan Rice. It didn't seem just everything that was that has gone on with Declan Rice for Arsenal. It's it seems like one of the biggest signings that we've had for such a long time. Uh whether you think that it's since Ozil or or Alexis Sanchez, whether you think it's a bigger signing than Aubameyang, even so, it's it is huge for Arsenal in terms of, as we've said many times, it's a statement sign, and, and that is why people are getting so excited about it. Why I'm so excited about it, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see him in that Arsenal kit because I've seen so many like Photoshop uh, pictures of Declan Rice in the new kit. Um, kind of like in a kind of announcement thing and the same with Timber but having that kind of like confirmation as we were just talking about hoping that it'd be so- sooner rather than later actually seeing a picture of him in that it will it will lift a lot of people's spirits and I- I'm sure that those comments of welcome to Arsenal see you soon uh, at the Emirates blah 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 that will come flooding in even more I think when when that actually gets announced yeah, no, nah, honestly, the comments are great. The comments are great. Um, like this, like this, Yannick Palassi, um, former professional footballer, played for Crystal Palace, but he's a massive Arsenal fan. He's in the comments. Uh, Coogan Cassius uh, of IFL TV, massive Arsenal fan. He's in the comments. So um, even when you go on the likes um, and you look at the people and the players who are liking uh, Declan Rice's post, Saka, uh, Kai Havertz, um, the a few of the English boys, uh, Ben White, Ramsdale. So it's it's good. And I think um the fact that I think he's cut his holiday short as well. I think he was um he was he was supposed to have more time off after West Ham's Europa Conference League final. He's obviously played in for England in the Euro twenty twenty four qualifiers. So again, we applaud that um because we can't wait to see him um join Arsenal officially, um join the boys over in uh, the US. Um and I think the first game will be against the MLS All Stars. Wayne Rooney manages manages them, which is which no. is interesting. So that'll be in Washington, and then we'll play Manchester United in New Jersey, and then we'll play uh, Barcelona in Los Angeles. So 
three big games, three different games. Um, but obviously, the Arsenal fan base over in America is massive, so it should be a good preseason tour. Um, speaking of preseason and tours, Emil Smithro, uh, our good friend Kyle Kainak of FL. Um, released an exclusive yesterday um, talking about the fact that Emil Smith-Rowe has cut short his holidays, um, which is crazy because he's just won uh, the European Under-21 Championships with England. Um, it's not even been a week. It's not been a week, has no. it? It was on Sunday. It was on Sunday. so, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's like... And the fact that he wants to be on the plane He's going to go to the US tour, reportedly. Kai has uh, released that information. He'll be on the plane on Sunday with the Arsenal team. Um, he was supposed to have around two to three weeks off after this final. So I think that shows great mentality uh, on behalf of Emil Smith-Rowe. Great character. Um, he wants to continue that positive um, nature that he's feeling right now. Obviously, he's achieved great things with England, but he wants to continue that momentum with Arsenal. He, know, he knows himself it's going to be difficult to get into this team. When you spend £65 million uh, on a player like Kai Havertz, when you have players like Odegaard, um, Fabio Vieira, we bought him for a lot of money last season. So many players in that position. It's going to be a difficult task to get into that team. But what I like from Emil Smith-Rowe is he wants to give it a shot. He wants to give an opportunity. He knows that he's got the talent to break into this Arsenal team. All the Arsenal fans know it as well. Emil Smith-Rowe mm. is a top, top talent. But what he needs to get rid of is the injuries, the little niggles. He needs to be um, have a bit of luck. I think he's been unfortunate at times. And I think if he gets that luck, if he gets a bit of consistency with a run of games, he could have a good season for Arsenal. But yeah, the fact that he he's cut short his holidays... And he will be travelling uh, with the Arsenal team um, to the States. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the difficulty that you that you just mentioned of getting into the team and kind of figuring out where he's going to play and where he would fit into the team and if he can even get into it, as I just said. It just shows that he's got a great mentality. The fact that he's, as you say, cut his um, holiday short to push himself and to to get back in the Arsenal's kind of like way of of football, the style of play, because obviously he's just been playing with England. So he's kind of like accustomed to that. But his, yeah, his mentality is, is something else really to, to be able to, I mean, to not really have much of a break at all after. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously come back from a massive injury with Arsenal and then he's been obviously training. He's he's come on as a sub every so often and then to almost straight away go into to England's training camp, play throughout the whole Euros, maybe not as much as he would want to. And me personally, I'd prefer him to start uh, constantly for England, but he still did really well. He played a lot and then only to have maybe even a week's break for that and then go straight into Arsenal, go to the tour, etc. That is it's quite it's some going for. It. Yeah, it's quite some going for him to to do that, to only have like a week's break essentially in the whole of the year after going through what he has this season with the surgeries. But it just shows that he wants to he he has that kind of like desire and need to 
to impress Arteta and show that he actually does have a shot to get into this team. I mean, with Havertz, we know we ha- we still don't know exactly where he's going to play, and that's what we were saying yesterday. It's it will be very exciting to see where he would play against Nuremberg. But with that kind of mystery around Havertz and the fact that Shaka obviously has just departed, that kind of leaves a gap open for Smith-Rowe. And we've said in previous streams, and I think uh, it's been reported, that Arteta is training Smith-Rowe into that kind of Shaka role, that eight kind of left-sided midfielder role. So it kind of tells us that Smith-Rowe, even though he could have that break and whatever he wants to get back in there he doesn't want any kind of gap in the in his chance to fill sorry he he doesn't he he doesn't want to give up his chance to fill the gap that is there for arsenal that is left by shaka he he's given himself as much of a chance as he can and i'm very happy that he is i would love to see him play a bit more um this season coming it will be difficult for him to get into the starting lineups and play some more minutes but yeah, I, I do hope that he will have kind of more of a more of a shot to be able to do that. Oh, I don't know what's going on there. I, I guess Umar's kind of... Uh, I, I think he's just timed out a little bit, but I'm just going to continue what I was just saying. I mean, with Smith-Rowe, it's... Yeah, it, it is good to... It is good to see him kind of be back in the in the Arsenal kind of side already. Where, I mean, I'm sure that there'll be so many people... Wondering why he's why he's come back already. I, I mean, it's the same for me. I, I would expect that after the season that he's had, I would expect straight away that that he's um that, that he's come coming back already. The fact that he's had, as I say, that such a difficult kind of season and the rehabilitation that he's gone through, the the, the well, you could you could kind of say trauma that he's going through as well. Um, to with the surgery and his groin issue coming back straight away and coming back into the England side to then straight away go well I say straight away have that week's break and then straight away come back into the US tour is fantastic but um Umar sent me a quick message here uh go through the comments let me try um I will try and get him back on here let's have a look if I can give him the link to this here you go um, but yeah, let's have a look at the comments. Uh, let's have a look. I don't know what's going on with Umar, to be fair. I think it's just that his Wi-Fi has gone. Um, let's have a look. Mm. Smith, Rowan, Havertz are two weeks to replace Shaka. I think it's a difficult one with that because Shaka is quite... From what I know, he is quite a different player to uh, Shaka. Is a different player to Smith Rowe and Havertz. It is it's difficult to kind of replace Shaka with what he's gone through, and the kind of as I mentioned so many times, the resurgence that he's gone through for, with with kind of like Arteta kind of getting him back into. Arsenal side and getting him to the best that he can be in that left-hand sided role because Shaka, we saw last season and he excelled at it so much. The the fact that he was able to to not just help out defensively, which he was able to do very, very well, but he would also help forwards. 
And from what I've seen, here we go. Here's Umar. Um, I'll get him on in a second. But with Smith Rowe, here you go. There we are. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. <laughs> They're doing some works. They're doing some works outside and they've, the Wi-Fi's gone. Uh, so I apologise for that. I'll just continue what I was saying. With, with Smith Rowe and Havertz, they're not as kind of defensive as you'd expect to kind of fill the gap of Shaka, but that doesn't mean that they can't do a job there. And I mean, even with Declan Rice coming in and the fact that Timber's coming in as well, we're we're quite we're quite stacked in terms of quality of of defensive minded players. That with Declan Rice, we saw the interceptions and the and the kind of turnovers that uh, the stats that he produced were fantastic. And with Saliba coming back in the team, Gabriel, we know how good he is. Zinchenko, we know how good he is as well. And then Timber or Ben White on the left-hand side, or maybe even Timber in that defensive-minded kind of midfield spot. Maybe we don't even need that extra defensive-minded player that Shaka was. So Smith, Rowe and Havertz, you never know, might slot straight in there and produce an extra kind of like attacking-minded option for Arsenal. It could it could actually work very, very well. But yeah, who <laughs> could have you back? Yeah, no, it's interesting because I think I saw a comment yesterday in terms of, um, can, I think Marcus asked a comment. He said, can Zinchenko and Havertz play um, in the same team? Because obviously when Zinchenko was playing last season, he had Granit Xhaka, who was more um, defensive-minded. Um, who was more um, stronger in terms of winning duels, um, uh, defensive contributions, etc. Obviously, you know what he's done in terms of scoring goals, his attacking instincts in the final third. But in terms of being physical, in, in terms of um, having that defensive mouse, I thought Shaka was, was excellent and he allowed Zinchenko to roam around the field, roam around the pitch. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Mikel Arteta evolves his team um, since Granite Shaka's departure. Obviously, there's so many solutions that he can find different formations. You go back towards the end of last season and the way we uh, performed, I think it was against Nottingham Forest, against Brighton, he altered the formation. Um, he, there was different players playing in different uh, formations, um, different systems. You saw Thomas Partey playing as a right back, um, but uh, in possession, he was basically a midfielder. So our possession, he's a right back in possession. He's a midfielder. So it's interesting. You saw Jakob Kivio. Um, he was playing uh, as as a as a left back, you could say, um, but he was not necessarily a left back in Mikel Arteta's system. So Mikel Arteta will know what, what the right solution is. And every season we're going to be evolving. This team is going to be evolving. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does in terms of um, where Kai Havertz fits. Uh, whether Zinchenko is going to play more games. I think he should, because I think what Zinchenko offers us is priceless. But I think in certain games, we need to be a bit more defensive-minded as well, because I think at times he lacks a bit of concentration. You go back to that Liverpool game at Anfield, um, I think it was last season. So there's certain things in his game that I think he needs to improve on, but on the ball, he's fantastic, and he's one of Arsenal's uh, better players. Um Sky Sports reported, I think this morning, that Arsenal could be um, looking to sign a right winger um, during during the close of this uh, transfer window. An interesting one because, in my opinion, I don't think we'll, we'll be looking for to sign a right forward. 
because Reese Nelson, he's pen, put pen to paper on a new contract, I think a four-year deal. And it's just, I think there's more other pressing issues in terms of Arsenal's team, uh, midfield. Uh, you're probably looking at that as the number one priority. But right forward has always been what Arsenal fans have wanted to basically have a have a competitor to Bukaya Saka. But when you look in and around Europe, who is going to be that level raiser to Bukaya Saka? And I'm not saying to bring someone in and to just play him, um, just put him on the bench in a way. Someone needs to come and compete with Bukaya Saka, raise his game. And I look in and around Europe, who's available? Not not many names, is there? No, it... It doesn't. It doesn't really make sense with the fact that we have that Reese Nelson has obviously just been able to to sign his contract, and the announcement has just come. But the only kind of way that I would personally think that Saka would have that competition at Arsenal is obviously with Reese Nelson. But then also, if we bring a striker in, as we've mentioned, it means that it would add a variation to Arsenal's attack. It means that if we get, get a kind of like out-and-out out striker, I mean, I'm just going to say to Remy, like we were talking about yesterday, it means that Gabriel Jesus can then go out onto the right and Saka can get that rest or compete with Gabriel Jesus. Hmm. It adds that variation. Or we can kind of like get Trossard accustomed to the right-hand side as well. It it doesn't really make sense to bring a right winger in. I can see why that link might be there, but it just doesn't, it doesn't seem right. And as I say, I think that if we are to bring in an attacker, it should be an out and out goal scorer, a striker that could, that we can rely on. So then Gabriel Jesus can still play and no disrespect to him. But then also, as we saw, I mean, we, we saw him move out onto the left, onto the left every so often with, uh, what in, in quite a few games, actually, and then it meant that Martinelli can come out into the middle. But if we do that with Saka, we we move kind of like we move Gabriel Jesus onto the onto the right, and then Trossard can maybe play through the middle and Martinelli on the left. Or or they if done we bring it last in season, striker, think, what game was it? I think that they they did do that. I think I think when Bakaya Saka, um, I think it was against Leeds. It was against one of those teams. It was against either Leeds. It was at home. And Bakaya Saka was unwell and he never started the game. And uh, Gabriel Jesus, the, the front three was Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli and Trossard. Mm. And they, 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 there was a lot of variation in, in, in that front three. At times, Gabriel Jesus was playing as a number nine. Um, and at times, he was basically... Uh, I think Umar's Wi-Fi has gone again. Maybe he, maybe he'll need to go onto it. Oh, there you go. Are you back now? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying? You were saying that uh, it was at least variation. Variation. Yeah, it's yeah. not variation. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. With, with the fact, with that, those kind of three up front with Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, Trossard. That does add a lot, a lot of variation because we know that they can really play in any position across the front three. We've seen Martinelli play through the middle, as I just mentioned. We've seen Trossard play through the middle, as I just mentioned. And obviously, Gabriel Jesus has been playing there. Uh, we know that Gabriel Jesus can play out on the right. He has done at Man City. He has done in the Champions League as well. So that's even 
that helps Arsenal even more with the fact that he has that experience in that position already at a very high level. We've seen, I think Martinelli's probably moved out there every so often and so has Trossard. That adds a lot for Arsenal's game. But then even so, but Bakayo Saka, maybe, well, we've seen that he can play on the left as well. We, I mean, he's even played left back. So mm. he's got that variation to his game as well. I think Arsenal are in a very good position in terms of their attacking-minded players because of the variation that they have. And it could add more rotation to this team, as I've mentioned so many times, and you're probably bored of me saying it. Saying it but I think if we are to bring in, an, bring in another attacking-minded player, I, f- I feel like it just has to be a striker because then we can just have that one goal scorer, as we've mentioned over so many times, that presence up front, that strong, physical... Don't get me wrong, and no disrespect to him, Gabriel Jesus has done fantastically for Arsenal. And I guess maybe we need to see what he can do in a full season at yeah. Arsenal because obviously he was out for a few months. But he was he is quite a physical player as well. There are just a couple of points to his game that personally I think that he needs to work on a little bit in terms of his... He needs to pass a bit more often or pass... It. Sometimes he passes when he doesn't need to, but then also... He doesn't pass when he needs to, if you're not. Is I mean, he isn't, he's not ruthless. Yeah, that's he does right. need to be a bit more ruthless. Yeah, he does need to be a bit more ruthless. And that's what Arsenal need to bring in, if possible, in a striker, the, in a striker, not a right winger. And hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you with the fact that we are obviously focusing more on a midfield mid, midfield player, as we've done with Havertz, whether you say he's a midfielder, and then obviously Declan Rice. Timber, as we've said so many times, could be a midfielder as well. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't make sense with a right winger. Yeah, it's interesting because the final topic of this morning is links to a midfielder, uh, Gremio and, and Brazil mid, attacking midfielder, Patello. Um, reportedly, Arsenal have sent scouts um, over to Brazil um, to watch the 23-year-old um, play quite regular, to be fair. Um, and it's an interesting link. Um, he's only reportedly worth 10 million euros. Um, but with, with the links that Edu has, um, obviously, Edu's got that um, affiliation uh, to Brazil. He's got great um, bargains for us in the past. So you, t- you talk about Gabriel Martinelli. Um, and he's got that networking in that league. But this is an interesting one because Patello has been linked to Monaco. And when you look at Brazilian like forwards or attacking midfielders, when the first link came about, the first thing I, I, I looked for was his age. I was probably looking like he, he could be about 18, 19 years old. And when I saw that he's... Oh, has he gone again? <laughs> well, I'll try and fill in for him. I've, he's he's 23 years old. Um, so in terms of the f- people and players that Arsenal yeah, have 20... brought in... Am I back? Oh, <laughs> there you I'm go. Back. There you go. There you yeah, go. You're back. Is, You're saying he's 23. Yeah, 23. And um, so he's an attacking midfielder who lines up in support of a certain Luis Suarez. At Gremio, everyone knows Luis Suarez, a one-pound bid, uh, 40 million plus one pound. Um, he's also capable of playing deeper and wider than a number 10. So he has that versatility, and we talk about variation. So he could be a good tactical fit for Mikel Arteta. Um, he had seven goals and four assists in all competitions for Gremio last season. He averages uh, six progressive passes and five shot-creating actions over the last year. 
So it shows that there's more to come from him. Um, he's been a key player for Gremio over the last few seasons. Um, and it seems now a whole host of teams in Europe are eyeing this player. But when you talk about versatility, when you talk about having a player that can play in a number of positions, it seems that he can play off the flank. He can play as a number 10. He can play as an attacking midfielder. 10 million euros. It could be, it, it's not really a risk, is it? It's not like it's 50 million euros. Exactly. Uh, 10 million euros, it does seem like quite a good option for Arsenal. He is still young, so he still does have the potential. And the fact that Edu has those links, as you mentioned, he's got Gabriel Martinelli in for £6 million or something like that. And I mean, last season, I think, yeah, last season when we brought in Marquinhos as well mm. um, for, I think it was £3 million, we obviously had that chance to wait out a little bit and bring him in. I think it might have been in January or whatever for for free. But then to build the relationship, I think it might have been specifically with Sao Paulo, but in terms of bringing in Marquinhos, Edu and, and Arsenal were like, well, £3 million we'll do that. We'll build a good relationship with the team or maybe even those in the league. And I think with that relationship with Sao Paulo, because of what we've just done with Marquinhos, you could you never know. We That might kind of help Arsenal in the future with other Brazilian teams because they're, they're saying, well, actually, no, they're, they're willing to pay this amount of money for, for our player now instead of trying to wait it out and get a cheaper price and help Arsenal get and um, kind of help each team go forward. It's a win-win for each team because they get, well, Gremio in this instance will get 10 million, Euro, um, 10 million euros and Arsenal will get their player. It's a win-win. So I think, yeah, Botello, it's, I think it could be quite useful for Arsenal. We we know that Arsenal over the past season and what what we will need this season, the versatility in each player, nearly every single player, is has helped Arsenal a lot, I think, and will help us going forward. And I'm going to mention it again, rotation, it will help with the fact that each player is versatile. And bringing in another versatile player... It's just going to help Arsenal even more. And I said yeah, um, yesterday, I think I did, but over the past few months as well, the fact that teams kind of started to figure us out at the end of last season, the fact that we are now going to have kind of players that are versatile and can play in different positions, it might mean that other teams and opposition teams, teams that are competing for the same trophy, whatever, might not be able to figure us out as easy because we have that versatility and the we can change it up. We, we we can change up the system. We can change up how how we structure. It can help so much. And with Botello being one of Gremio's key players, I think that that can. I think that's that's a bit more of a. It's not as much of a risky signing as the likes of like Marquinhos because Marquinhos is so young. Don't get me wrong, I don't think it was a risk because it was so cheap. But say Marquinhos was 10 million euros and we're looking at either Botello or Marquinhos now for 10 million euros, you'd rather, personally, I'd go for Botello because he's got a little bit more experience, a little bit more game time, playing time. 
and obviously mm. is one of the key players of the team. Whereas Marquinhos, I think we signed him, he was 18, 17, 18, something like that. So he didn't have that kind of experience. And we obviously put him out on loan to Norwich. I, personally, I actually don't know how well he did. I, I don't think he did massively well. But even so, bringing in someone that has a bit more experience, is a bit more, is a bit older for still really peanuts for Arsenal. I don't think we can really go wrong with it. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because his uh, contract expires in, in 2025. And I, I look at Real Madrid and what they do with Brazilian players. Rodrigo, Vinicius, I think um, they're going to sign Endrick as well. That deal's yeah. done. Uh, one of the best talents to come out of Brazilian football um, in recent seasons. Uh, and uh, there's other players as well in, in Real Madrid's team. And they've, they've formed relationships with the biggest clubs over in Brazil. And if there's an up-and-coming player, a talent, a rising star from Brazilian football, more often than not, Real Madrid are the first team to basically get in there and get that player because they've formed good relationship with, with the likes of Sao Paulo, Corinthians, Flamengo, um, Gremio, the biggest clubs in Brazil. So I think what Arsenal are doing, they need to use um, Edu's networking, um, his connections, in, in the Brazilian league because there's no good having a sporting director who is Brazilian, who has those relationships. And if there's a talent that we can possibly get, we don't go for. Because if you've got someone like Edu, it gives you a better chance of getting the best up-and-coming talents in Brazilian football. So I think it's one to watch. Um, let's see what happens with that. But we're going to wrap up because I'm a bit weary that if I go again, <laughs> Uh, it's not going to be a good look, but yeah, apologies um, for the for the connection issues, um, and um, I'm sure that Charlie held the fort um, as best as he could. Charlie, thank you for jumping on, mate. Thank you for having me, and thank you for coming back, even when you when your Wi-Fi cut, uh, cut off. And thank you for everyone watching as well. Yeah, yeah. I hope you have a nice day. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, everyone does have a nice day. Hopefully, we do get to see an announcement, whether it's for Timber or Rice, and hopefully, fingers crossed my internet does come back. But until then, uh, thank you for jumping on. Um, make sure to give the video a like, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way.